Hey guys, welcome back to another Weird Wednesday. I'm Ashers and this is Pet O. Pet O, how was your weekend? Um my weekend. My weekend sucked. Sometimes it does. Yeah, you know, you can't win them all. Our, you can't uh, win them all. Our washing machine broke down last week. Actually, I we know of, that. Yeah, fans yeah. of the show. <laughs> Well, remember, uh, last week's episode was momentarily interrupted by the uh, the arrival of the washing machine repairman, who then proceeded to spend the rest of the week trying to fix the washing machine, only to notify me 6 p.m. Friday night that he could not fix the washing machine and we needed a new one. Oh. Yeah. So, uh, Did spent- he at least bang your wife? Did he at least bang my wife? I don't know. You know who he looked exactly like? Jeff Craig, seriously. Are you serious? Yes, yes. And I'm thinking, and I'm like, I, I wanted to tell my wife, you know, because she doesn't know who the fuck Jeff is. But I'm like, you're the only person that'll appreciate. Well, you and our listeners will appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. He looked the, exactly like, him. like Jeff Craig. So, probably, you know, he, he's from Chicago. Well, he doesn't live there now, but he's from Chicago. Probably was Jeff Craig, uh, or his brother or something. Yeah. <laughs> so no, he didn't bang my wife, but I wouldn't have been terribly upset if he did. Um, <laughs> But no, it's like, so there There goes my Friday night. I spent sitting on my hands like a fucking jag off for this guy. to. And no, you know, the dude couldn't fix it fine. I know what that's like. Sometimes sure. you think it's going to be an easy fix and it's not. As a mechanic, I completely appreciate that. No big deal. And then, but then I had to spend all day Saturday at my mom's house uh, using her washer and dryer like a fucking goon. Yeah. And um, so that was that. That was like my weekend was like, was like laundry. That sucks. <laughs> yeah, which usually I'm like I am the the laundry doer in this household. I usually do like a load a day, so I just stay up like on top of it. Yeah, it was between us and the dogs. I mean, there's four people and fucking two dogs, like right, dirty shit. So it's like if you do a little every day, it's never that bad, right? And we had like a week and a half's worth, so it was just like fuck. <laughs> that was. I understand that story. as I, an apartment liver. Yeah, I understand. Yeah, I wish I could have like some like gangbusters fucking story about this weekend, but it was literally me washing other people's underwear and folding fucking socks, rolling up socks and watching TV with my mom. I watched Black Adam. I think that's the only thing worth really talking about. Um, Yeah, it wasn't terrible. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? Like it was all right. You know, but uh, that's it. Yeah, I um I finally went and saw um our guest and friend of the show Red's house, um that he bought a couple of months back. That I keep telling him like every weekend I'm like, okay, I'm gonna come see your house now. And then I something happens. So I went and finally saw his house. It is very um, it's very red. <laughs> it's not like actually red. It's just it fits his personality. It's great. He's got all these like super secret rooms. There's a giant hole in the wall in the basement. That's really cool. Um. <laughs> <laughs> it is really cool actually <laughs> like, i really enjoyed it <laughs> um so that's pretty neat he informed me and i thought this was interesting that um the person who he bought it from the lady initially her and her husband owned that house and then the house is like diagonally diagonally from it well the husband who bought it originally his name was also red wow yeah his name was also red so that was pretty cool um but i went over there we watched some movies um we had a christmas holiday double feature we watched uh what is it christmas bloody christmas which was fucking fantastic i mean everybody in that movie is an asshole but man it's so enjoyable um that was good it's on shutter um 
but I think it's also in theaters. I, I feel like I've seen people buying tickets to it. Uh, anyway, and then we watched uh, A Christmas Horror Story, which is also on Shutter. I don't know if it's a Shutter exclusive, but it was also a lot of fun. Um, it's like an, it's an anthology, and you kind of don't know that going into it. But Is Joe Bob, so I take it Joe Bob wasn't last weekend. Joe Bob is this weekend. Joe Bob is this coming weekend, yep. Okay, Friday or Saturday? That's Friday. Always Friday. Okay. All right. Gotcha. Joe Bob's uh, Ghoul Tide get together. So that'll be, uh, yeah. So we'll have, you know, we'll have another Christmas double feature. But yeah, it was, it was just good fun. It was, it was good fun. Um, And then I went home and then I started to put up my Christmas tree. I got most of it done, um, but not all of it. So that is, that has been uh, my life. So Red's got the new party pad. Red's got the party pad. He's got, got the, the kid in the hole in the wall. Just have, have her chill out in there for a little bit. There you go. That's 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 the the play pen for the kids. The kids for. room. It's just a really old house. I mean, that's what it is. It's it's an older house, and they've clearly like built onto it. Mm-hmm. But like they're just kind of throwing rooms onto it. So like the hole in the wall in the basement. The the basement was like a full on cellar, and mm-hmm. then they kind of built the house around it. And they had a like a um uh some type i mean it's like a big unit that just heated the house and they took it out and now it's just a big hole in the wall it's it's got dirt Mm. but it's really cool i was like have you climbed through it (laughs) i don't think he has i was really fascinated by it (laughs) it's like the coolest thing i've ever seen in my life Uh, so (laughs) baby you need to get out of dayton (laughs) you're sitting there raking holes in the wall literally holes in the wall I loved it. It was it was great. No, he's got other like cool secret rooms, and it was just it was really neat. It was it's a really neat place. Um, it's it's very fitting of of his personality, and I'm very excited that he has it. So cool. Um, yeah, but that was fun. It was nice. It was like it, this is like the first person I've seen since my life, you know, exploded everywhere and just landed everywhere. So mm. it's like the first time I've been whole for a minute, and that felt good and that was much needed so hopefully there's more of that in the coming future so there's that that was my weekend um yeah i don't really uh i don't really think i have any news this week what about the the bigfoot video i sent you i guess i didn't watch the bigfoot video oh that you how, how, how did you send me a bigfoot video i you did know? it through you know what i did it through um facebook messenger that's the problem. which i'm sure is a is a is a dead zone where you're just inundated by uh, uh facebook hor- horny communications yeah. doesn't even because there's so many all the time and doesn't even properly update the number like it perpetually says that i have 16 messages and the one day i'm like okay how bad could this be let me sit down and go through 16 messages because i deleted it i deleted it completely off my phone and just was like fuck this so i get back on there and i start you know going through it and i'm like replying to people replying to people replying to people and i'm like there's no way because the number's not going down i'm like what the fuck man so i counted them i had like 60 something messages and that was after i just fucking responded to a bunch i mean it's just it's ridiculous over there so stop trying to get a hold of me through facebook messenger unless it's important if it's important we can talk but stop asking me how i'm doing just listen to the show i'm okay i'm alive i'm here thanks for asking <laughs> but anyway this uh, bigfoot video pato what uh where can right. I find this? so i uh i actually got it off the singular 14 website uh singular 14.com uh run by tobias and emily wayland i just thought i would go steal news from them 
Sure. I mean, we're giving them credit, so it's not like I mean, definitely, I'm not going to read That's their story. Acceptable, yeah, yeah. So go go if you if you want to uh, want to see the video that we're about to talk about uh, or a in depth analysis of it um, through the eyes of Tobias and Emily Whalen, go to singular14.com/news, and uh, that's where it's at. But yeah, this story dropped on Thursday. Uh, a boater in northern Ontario. Um, caught a uh, a bigfoot wandered around a little island and uh got some pretty good footage of it so um you know i i don't think it's, it's we're not going to pick apart the video because you haven't seen it but i will say this i feel like this is i've seen a lot of these lately and maybe it's maybe it's just i'm i'm noticing it more maybe it's because i'm spending more time on tiktok and there's a lot of this stuff on tiktok um but I do have to say that, like, I feel like the Bigfoot phenomenon is finally catching up to where you think it would be in light of the cell phone video and YouTube revolution, right? Like, okay. I, I feel like a lot of people say, like, oh, you know, there should be more sightings, there should be more uh, UAP videos, or there should be more evidence because everyone has a cell phone with them at all times now, right? But I feel like that's actually happening. You know what I mean? I feel like there's actually more and more Bigfoot videos out there now because everybody has a cell phone with them when they go in the woods, you know, and they, yeah. they may not have signal, but they can at least take a video. So I feel like I've, I've been inundated with Bigfoot videos within the past six months or so. And once again, maybe that's just me paying attention more. Maybe it's because of this me, you know, being on the show or what, but, um, this video is very in line with everything. I mean, they even do the red circle. Like it could not be more in, <laughs> in line with like what, what we're seeing now, but uh, that's it. It kind of looks like I've been watching it while you've been talking. It kind of looks like it, like at the end there, like it reaches down and scratches itself. Yeah. It's got the, it's got like long floppy arms. Like, I don't know. I, I could, it part of me kind of feels like it looks a little CGI looks a little fluid with its movement, but that could just be because it's organic and that's the way it moves. I don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah. yeah. True. Yeah. I, I, I'd have to, I don't think it's CGI to me. It looks more like it'd be more like somebody in a suit. If it's fake, you know, a Bigfoot, yeah. if it's real, um, it looks pretty good, you know, just from first glance, like I said, I'd have to really blow it up and watch it. I'm just kind of watching on my phone. Um, take a couple screen grabs of it check it out and see what i see i don't know how I, this slid under my radar yeah i i mean i don't know how we're supposed to look for this shit because like i google like paranormal news and there's never anything from like this week or you think there would be more like like frequently updated websites and that's what made me realize oh, i'll just go to singular 14 because i was like where like Aren't there websites that run these stories? Yeah. They post good stuff, but like we know, you know, it's it's only Emily and Tobias when it's just you. And then how do they find it? You know, yeah. Um, we'll just bring it to your attention. I mean, that's how I find it. It's just most of the time, it's um people like bring it to my attention, tag mm. me and stuff. What do you think about this? You know, and I have, you know, I, I could like talk about different UFO sightings, and I mean, every week there's a, at least three new UFO videos, but. I just, I don't know. I get burnt, burnt out on them. Yeah, it's lights in the sky. It's probably aliens, you know? I mean, what do you want me to say about it? <laughs> yeah. it's, it's probably aliens. Um, you know, but that's just me being a, starting starting to be a veteran. At one point, do I become a veteran at, in this in this field? When you, 
What do you think? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. When you have to, when. Yeah, when do I become a veteran? Well, when I get the hat. When you get. <laughs> what? No. What don't, do, do, do female and paranormal investigators have like infinity scarves or something? Or what's the. No, or, or do you get the hat too? Uh, well, there's not a bunch of us, to be honest. So I think we can kind of make our own thing. I think you should have a cane. A cane? Yeah. Like a like an old person cane or like no, a walking like a stick? Like a yeah, like a walking stick. I do need to get a good walking stick. Um, that would be a great Christmas present if anybody wants to buy me anything. A walking stick. Or a cane mm-hmm. that turns into a sword. I'm sure Rudd has one of those. No, I I would bet my fucking shoes on it. I would I would also Red now has two pairs of shoes. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's probably true. I think you're right. He did buy a good one. Actually, we went at the um what was that thing I did? The ball, the cryptid ball I did, the cryptid theme ball I did in June. Um he bought a walking stick. He bought a nice walking stick there. Nice cane, actually, but just straight up a cane. Anyway, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I get my news because people just throw it at me or, you know, most of the time it's Facebook. Like, I'm on all these groups on Facebook and they'll, I mean, they'll share the shit there. And like, if I'm on Facebook at all anymore, usually I'm just looking at memes or I'm a part <laughs> of the weird groups. So seriously, that's what I do on Facebook. <laughs> yeah. You know, but anyway, um, but it is hard. You're right. There's not like a dedicated database, but that's because you can't really get a team together long enough before fucking egos become a problem and people hate each other to form that database. It's hard. <laughs> it's hard in the paranormal field. <laughs> yeah. You think with all the movie websites out there that someone would do like a, a legitimate paranormal news website. I remember one of the movie websites, I think it was Dread Central or it might have been Bloody Disgusting, was going to start up a... um a paranormal news like section okay and um i remember they were soliciting writers and i had reached out to them and had talked to them and and they were like well we i think they were looking for an editor at first and i went out for that and they were like well we found someone that can dedicate more time to it but you can be a writer if you want and i was like yeah and then I don't think they ever did it i haven't seen it you know i know fangoria does it sometimes i don't know that because uh Lyle Blackburn works with them. I believe it's Fangoria who he works with. Yeah. I don't know. But yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're right. And there, but there are, there are websites out there that do it. It's just that like they're unethical. And, um, Oh, like we, they'll steal someone else's copy and then pass it off as their own or whatever? No, worse than that. Uh, uh, we'll talk about it off the air. It's kind of political. <laughs> okay. I'm not, I'm not gonna throw any names around but you know um something anyway. up, something else i want to talk about in the new section sure. which is going to be our new weekly a, a weekly uh segment in the show is where we give props to somebody oh yeah and i thought this week we would give a shout out to cassie um maros marozan maros <laughs> marozan Cassie, um, how do you say your name? Just yeah. <laughs> she's an Ohio-based cryptid artist and all-around cryptid enthusiast. I'm stealing this copy from when she was on Jeremiah Byron's uh, Bigfoot Society oh, okay. podcast. And he, okay. as a guest, and he, he gave her this awesome little write-up, which I'm going to parrot right now. So we have now stolen from two people this episode. Awesome. Uh, well, my, my taxes pay his salary, so I'm not worried about it. Uh, she's an Ohio-based cryptid artist and all-around cryptid enthusiast, longtime friend and supporter of the show. Oh, this is my own stuff. She has done artwork for us before. You can find her on Instagram under Cassie Land. So Instagram under Cassie Land. She's on Etsy as Cassie's Cryptid Land. 
she's been awesome this past year alone. Jeremiah Byron had her on a, a Bigfoot Society episode recently, and honestly, it made me a little shame that we haven't had her. We haven't given her more of a platform. When you think about all the shit she's done for us, it's she amazing. Us, and yeah. we had like 19 fucking guests on in a row. Yeah. And I would have legitimately liked it if she had been one of them. Um, Nobody nominated. Yeah. You know, I know, but we should have thought of that our own. Um, oh, yeah. And by the way, uh, strange stories of Jeremiah Byron is away from to collect phone numbers and track everyone. You are all helping this man build a database <laughs> on contactees. Just give him your name, cell phone number, IP address, online alias, and level of contact you've had with the invisibles. Yes. That's definitely what's happening with that. I realized that the other day I was working from home and I was oh, listening God. to all my friends' podcasts and I listened to the episode um, that he released a couple weeks ago and it made mention, whoever he was talking to was like, well, you got my phone number now. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, these people are calling his cell phone with their cell phone numbers and now he's got their cell phone numbers. Like, yeah, fucking, he's all a right, guys. Man. YOLO, I guess. He's, you know? Yeah, he's a, he's he's a very he's a threat to the cryptid community. He is just <laughs> and people are just buying it, you know, <laughs> making a database on all y'all, fucking clowns over here. But um, well, yeah, so Cassie's awesome. Jeremiah, but he he gets the half shout out because we did that last last week. We gave uh, Aaron Jim D's. Jam the shout out, and Aaron D is the partial. Yeah, so. The partial is <laughs> yeah, you get the chub, the chub <laughs> shout out. You get the- <laughs> You get the first base. <laughs> yeah, OTPHJ. Uh, uh, Ka- uh, Cassie's awesome. Yeah and, yeah, and she'll hear that she'll be so excited. Um, I bought a one of her wreaths recently, and I fucking could not wait to buy. Now she did the. Um, she went to the um, the Krampus event that Erie Eric and Creepy Carrie had in, in Erie, Pennsylvania, and sold her shit there. And she had been posting all the stuff that like she was going to take up there. And I'm I have been like chomping at the bit, fucking waiting, waiting for her to be like, okay, here's my overstock because <laughs> I wanted to buy something because I haven't been able to buy anything from her yet, and um, so I bought one of her wreaths or whatever, and she's like, you know, I sent her the money and she's like, okay, I'll you know I'll ship it today. I'm like, cool. Well, the next day she was like, sorry, I didn't get shipped today. I'm gonna but I'm gonna ship it today. It was like a day late, and it's whatever. Like I'm I'm fine with that. You know, I get people have lives or whatever. She's like, so I threw in a free ornament too, and I was just so freaking generous. I wish I had to do that, but it shows up. And my daughter, my daughter loved this ornament so much. My daughter, who's getting ready to turn eleven, who hates everything, okay, <laughs> because she's eleven. Um you know told me that she loved that wreath so much that she's or that ornament so much that she's gonna pass it down to her children so um if that's not a testament to how great she did she said that if that's not a testament to how great cassie's did art you smack is, her for referring to, to inadvertently referring to you as a grandmother well were you like no, that because, get that I'm idea pretty, right out of your fucking head i'm pretty sure she's gay so it's fine she'll adopt them and she'll be in a good place when she has her children so sure. <laughs> but no cassie's great um definitely check her check her out and all of the great things that she does and uh jeremiah byron is stealing phone numbers um you know I, i'm gonna one up jeremiah um i will gladly take your credit card information as a matter of fact you could go to um patreon.com slash it's ashers the z and then put your credit card information there and give me your money monthly you get things out of it you know i'm, I'm not just taking it for nothing you get the uh weird world which we just dropped a new episode on last wednesday mm-hmm. uh we covered what did we talked about oh yeah fucking delaware god it's so forgettable <laughs> right i don't think we we did too bad with that that was good tap dancing we did great considering the source material (laughs) right and uh we should probably mention uh today 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 uh wednesday december 14th 
today is the last day the final day it, to don't so if you listen to the show a day late but i know you guys don't i know you guys are there when it fucking drops salivating like the animals you have. at least 40 of them are yeah uh so for you for all my exes trust me <laughs> seeing if they get mentioned this episode which you will not be uh but yeah wednesday december 14th is the last day to use promo code stay weird for 20 percent off and uh, your first order and free shipping at manscape.com that promo is over um after today and i'm very excited to see how we did how we did yeah maybe this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship or it's another burn bridge or they hate us forever (laughs) ashers and i light our joints off burn bridges every time we smoke we burn a bridge just keep our marbles warm (laughs) fuck (laughs) them i mean that's us but you know what um manscape please uh you know (laughs) i'm just kidding you know what it's been interesting this is gonna this is gonna tie into one of my one of my uh, topics of um from this week's show. Oh, but okay. a synchronicity that um I wanted to bring up real quick for potential sponsors. You know who we honestly should be sponsored by? I'm listening. Ford Escape. Well, okay, yeah, we should. You're How right. crazy! I don't think we've ever talked about this on the show. How crazy is that when when me and Ashley first started talking, like in the spring of 2020 yeah we were driving not just both driving ford escapes the same make model year color it's not the same color is it it was we both the blue we both had the blue i didn't know that (laughs) well i had a blue one and then my wife crashed it now i drive her gray one that's right that's right that's right right. so i still drive a ford escape it's just a year it's a a year earlier and it's a different color but yeah if anyone should be sponsoring us it should be fucking ford Escape. it should be for yeah if there's there's one product that 100 percent this show runs on it's fucking ford escapes (laughs) driven by ford If that doesn't out hell your hell your, I don't know what the fuck. What are the chances that two broke ass stoners living in the Midwest would drive the exact same, exact same make car. about astronomical? I think you have a better chance to get hit by a fucking meteor than having that happen. Do you think the Moth Boys all drive the same car? I no, don't think so. Absolutely no. not. No. That's true. <laughs> That's a good point. That's a good point. No. What, is, what did Ford say? Like a rock? And that was- <laughs> I'm sure we could do something with that in genitals. <laughs> So, yeah. <laughs> goodbye manscapes hello ford escape i mean what is it about weird. those dependable automobiles that just fucking you know they're kind of I mean, like suvs but not really you could park them in normal spots but you're a little bit up you know it's definitely bigger because i'm getting ready to, to trade it in i'm getting ready to get rid of mine and no. uh i am I am. You're gonna get another Ford Escape, or you're gonna get like whatever. I'm not. I'm I'm purchasing my mom's car right over her. Um, I don't believe in car payments. I just I, don't. Dude, my my Ford Escape. I have a hundred and ninety thousand miles on it. I refuse to get rid of it. I will <laughs> let that thing. Got one hundred thirteen, blo- and it's still going good. You know? Yeah, I will let mine blow up underneath me, and then I'll go to CarMax and get another used car. I am the same exact way. I yeah, do not I like, won't. No, yeah. no, will not. Will not take out a car payment. Won't do it um i will just continue to buy a used car forever and i'm getting a damn good deal because i'm buying it straight from my mother um but i'm you know i'm i'm, I'm getting uh she's got a chevy Trax, which is an egg it's an egg it's shaped like an egg but it's an suv and it's definitely a lot smaller than the force game so um 
we're going to stop giving them praise until they start giving us money, Pedo. Sure. Um, All right. Well, hey, ma- maybe the Manscaped relationship will continue. I'm de- definitely done with that. I am I am open to continuing a relationship with Manscaped. Um, we, uh, you know, I'm, I, I'm here for it, Manscaped. I'm committed to this relationship with you. So, and, you know, not I'm many as committed people, as I get, I guess, you know. Not many, not many people are fortunate to hear that from me. So. Right. Did you um, ever use yours? Did you ever talk about that? I did. I did use mine to shave my genitals, and uh, I mean, it worked pretty well. Oof. All right. I mean, that's all you ever used to say about it. I don't know. <laughs> shave my pews with Manscaped. You know? <laughs> it worked as expected. Why is that gross? Because I don't think of you as having one of those. You don't think of Thanks. me as having. No, just stop it. Just we can move on to the next thing. Pubes? <laughs> a little. A thing. A thing. A thing. No. You're talking about my dick? No. Just whatever. <laughs> what's, what's this show about? What's this week's. Let's get into this week's topic. I'm going to keep every awkward moment of that conversation <laughs> in this week's episode. People are going to love it. Um. So, you know, this is a, a little different of an episode. Uh, instead of just kind of taking it and focusing on one main topic, we thought we would kind of uh, clean out the paranormal junk drawer. And, yeah, I have, a, I have a notepad file on my computer of potential show topics, and we had about uh, a half dozen there, and they were all kind of terrible. So we figured let's just put them all together on one show. Oh, no, absolutely <laughs> not. None of these are terrible. Um, they're all very good. And yes. so it's just that they're short. There's not a lot of meat to them. Mm-hmm. So there's not a lot to pick apart. Uh, but but we're going to pick. We're going to pick those scraps and we're going to take it. And this, you know, if you guys like it, we can do this again. There's more of these topics. There's hundreds of them out there. Sure. Um, you know, none of these are going to be like personal um things that like i've been relayed none of them are personal encounters they are stories that you've most likely heard of before maybe some new ones or anything like that maybe we'll do personal encounters you guys gotta send in some personal encounters you can do that by uh calling seven seven three five nine weird uh or you can email us on wednesdays we talk weird at gmail.com yeah did, so i mean i guess this is the wrong time to talk about it on the air but did we want to do the prediction show for new year's eve or not why, why would you bring that up right now <laughs> so that we can promote it so we have an extra week we don't first of all never ever 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 tell anybody what next week's show might be just in case it's not that all right all right but i predict that we will be talking about predictions on new year so okay Uh, (laughs) if you have if you want to make a prediction for 2023 Seven seven three five nine. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yes, now. yes, okay. yes. Yeah, <laughs> <You> didn't understand. <laughs> right. I I wasn't understanding what you were saying. Okay. Um. Yes, Pato. That's correct. Um. Yeah. So we so we are going to do our New Year's episode on um, predictions and things like that. Maybe we'll look back on things that obviously didn't come true. Maybe we'll talk about things that may come true in the future. But if you have a prediction for 2023, um, and you want it played on the air, you can call 773 weird and share that prediction and we will share it react to it whatever um you can also email those predictions in on wednesdays we talk weird at gmail.com um and uh we'll talk we'll talk about it then so anyway on to this uh episode pedo do you want to start or do you i can so i have i have two uh topics that i want to talk about but i also want to talk about a recurring dream that i've been having and uh, a weird synchronicity that happened with it um this weekend okay so i'll do the dream thing real quick so um i have reoccurring not like reoccurring nightmares but i'd say like a couple times a year 
of there being some type of alien invasion, right? And um, it, it happens in different forms. It happens. It's not always uh, the same circumstances or even the same type of aliens or anything. It's just something that happens. Like I, I, I would almost call them nightmares, but they're not necessarily like scary. I mean, they're kind of scary. There's, there's a level of apprehension, but it's, um, they're more like, I don't know, action movie dreams, right? Okay. Like if you ever have dreams about like a zombie apocalypse or something like that, right? Um, which I guess like maybe you do, maybe you don't, you know, but if you do, you know that like you have those dreams, it's like you fighting zombies, like it might be kind of scary, but it's more just like watching an action movie, right? Um, it's tense and thrilling, but it's not, ex- not exactly horrifying, right? So um, I had a nightmare last week about aliens invading the earth. And there was the first part to it that had nothing really to do with anything. Uh, it was basically an opening scenario that involved me like in a car chase. And then I get, I get home and I get out of my car. And when I look up into the sky, there are massive ships in Earth's atmosphere. Um, I mean, like huge cigar-shaped like you can they're so big that you can see them i mean i'm sure you've seen like the special effects videos sometimes on like youtube or instagram or something right where they or a special effects person will fake something like this but um yeah they were there in the sky and like everything was was very still and very calm um there was only one at first but it kind of started to like transform and detach into smaller but also massive ships. And these things are just hanging in the sky and it felt very, very real. Um, But at the same time, it felt very off. Like it felt like what I was seeing was really happening, but it also felt like as detached and like surreal as if I were to actually see something like that in the sky, like the way that like, think about if you walked out of your house and you saw that, like right. th- that would not seem real to you. It would seem very surreal to you. It would feel very like, what the right. fuck? And that's, that's the kind of sense that I had where like everything about the, it stopped feeling like a dream and started feeling like real life. But it was also this completely fantastic um, situation. Okay. And you know, the, the hairs are standing up on my arms. It's like really quiet. The neighbors are kind of starting to come out. Someone screams, you know what I mean? Like, it's just like the super quiet, quiet, tense moment. And then like a, a big siren goes off and, um, you hear this voice in my head and it, uh, the voice tells us that not to be afraid that these creatures are here and that we're in peace and that they plan on ending world hunger and ushering in a new era of peace. Okay. Um, all the men on the planet are going to come with the aliens and they're going to work on our ships. Okay. And in return, we're going to send emissaries down to earth to live and protect in your homes, live and protect your homes and raise your children. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. And it was very like, what? And I remember standing at the end of my driveway with everyone and my neighbors and everyone's just kind of looking at each other like that doesn't 
do we have a say in this? You know what I mean? And I saw this image of like us working and like these like factories or something on the ships. And it was just like all men. It was like all people, you know, like earth men. And then I saw like my wife at home with the kid and this fucking creature was in the house and stuff. And the aliens looked like very rectangular. Like they, like, I don't know. Do you know Marvel comics at all? Like Modoc, nope. That no flying idea. head. So it's like imagine like like something that didn't really have a neck. It was just kind of like it's it's it was a head, and its shoulders were like you know very straight arms and very straight legs, and just kind of like a rectangle, oh, nice. like a, like a harmonica or something. You know what I mean? Um, they were shaped like harmonicas, and um, weird. Yeah, they started like kind of teleporting at uh at the end of every driveway and um he's like crying but rectangular yeah <laughs> yeah and i i went in the house and um i got my shotgun and i came outside and i started killing him and um my wife and my kid got in the car and then we started off on this fucking car chase right and so then it just turned into like a normal pedo dream we're like i'm driving around shooting stuff it's grand theft auto and um but it, I woke up and it was really very like, you know, like it took my breath away. And um, of course, like when stuff like this happens, like I think about it and I kind of dwell on it. And I started thinking about this idea of peace versus freedom. Where these creatures were coming to us and they were they were offering us peace but it was 100% on their own terms, right? Okay. And whether or not that was something that, and that's something that you hear talked about a lot, is whether or not mankind could handle peace, right? Whether, if maybe if there are higher, you know, if there's more intelligent aliens out there that they would avoid kind of direct contact with us because we're not ready for that kind of peace. That you know, you know what I mean, and I just think that like there was just something about it that made me think like, yeah, but how do you have peace without relinquishing some sort of freedom? You know, and that maybe that's what's we want to talk about our 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 civil our you know who we are as a species and what's intrinsic to our nature. I think more than, you know, people like to write human beings off as being very warlike, but isn't it, isn't, doesn't that battle kind of come from a sense of trying to preserve freedom? And I don't know, this is the things I'm thinking about when I'm taking a shit the next morning, right? So it's like, I don't know, I just, this thing happened or whatever. And then, um, uh, a couple of days later, I'm going through, uh, and I'm, I'm watching movies for the Y2K movie podcast. And, you know, we're doing this, like, retrospective on Edgar Wright. And we finally get to the last Edgar Wright movie that we're going to watch. And it's The World's End. And okay. I'm, I'm sitting there watching it the other night. And it's the same exact fucking, not the same exact plot, but a very, very similar plot to the dream that I had a couple nights before. Where there's aliens that take over this town in, in England. And... um you know, once again, they offer humanity peace, but at the cost of their freedom. And if everyone just follows their rules, you know, it'll be fine. But it's like kind of like, 
intergalactic fascism, right? Just do what we say, and everyone will be happy, and everyone will be at peace. We won't kill you. <laughs> right, exactly. You know, and I think, I don't know, there was just something about that dream that just was so eerie to me, like those terms. Well, of lo- ultimatums are not peaceful. Right. And then ultimatums are also, there is no freedom in an ultimatum like you're you're in a rock and a hard place right so it's either i come and work on your spaceship um for you know basically basically i'm going to give you free labor or you're going to kill me i mean so that's not really that's just manipulation tactic by the aliens well there was never any or else it was like it was just like this is like like rejoice this is what's going to happen there was never any talk of or else well right so what would have happened if you hadn't done it i don't know i just fucking started shooting shit yeah. <laughs> i'm sorry from chicago that's how we do things right there you know what i mean it was just like well fuck this <laughs> fucking not and, 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 and i was telling my wife about it the next day i'm like i was probably trying to stave off an international in, uh, intergalactic incident because god that thing that had to live with her who knows how that would have fucking lasted you know what i mean like oh you're gonna you're gonna put me in a coal mine somewhere and you're gonna live in my house with this one well, how the fuck do you think that's gonna turn out jesus christ i'm doing you guys the favor <laughs> i put that thing out of misery i put a bullet in its fucking head you know what i mean i'll talk about your wife like that on the air <laughs> Jill, i'm her. sorry your husband's an asshole no i'm not yeah you kind of are but you know she knows she knows i only have to deal with you one time a week that poor thing <laughs> seven <know>. days <laughs> um <laughs> no i i um that, no that is an interesting concept i mean i i see what you're saying um you know hopefully we don't have to deal with that for a long time so right well i mean that's yeah. i think that's something that when you talk about like when people like stephen hawking and neil degrasse tyson like these these uh higher level thinkers when whenever they ponder uh what it would be like if a if a species came and visited us it's sometimes along those terms right like what would they would it be anything short of enslavement would it be anything short of what happened when columbus visited the americas right uh, or you know what i mean you know i ain't trying to right fuck well we project what we do to people onto these things as if they would react the same way that we do and we know Very that true. humans we we you know we will um take advantage of and manipulate a situation i mean we still do it granted like in america we're civilized people so we're not like we're not exactly enslaving people but you know we kind of are you know a lot of people here just like with just look at like basic monogamous relationships and how many people are held captive emotionally you know that happens all the fucking time all the time and uh so i mean yeah we're just we're just not very good so so we assume that whatever life forms are out there they're, they're like us um but they may not be. I don't know. Maybe they'd all get along with you. I don't know. Or maybe they want to come here and force us into slave labor. And uh, me, not it was just the guys. Oh yeah, that's right. I wouldn't be involved in that. Yeah. I'd get to stay at home <laughs> with my, that one out and be like, with oh, my rectangular crang husband. <laughs> and would I even get one? Because I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not married. Well, I am technically married. So are they going to take my ex husband and then? I think they would still because they, 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 it was like we're going to educate your There's children. There's no man in my home. Educate yeah. your children oh, and like I see. and like govern your women or something or like or like protect your your household, something like that. Well, that sounds like a great fucking deal for me. I don't have to give them anything, and they're going to come and fucking take care of my household. Fuck yeah! 
Well, I mean, yeah, and there was also, and I understand this is this is a very like a, nanny? a painting in broad strokes dream. There's something inherently misogynist about sure. it too, right? Because like, oh yeah, I'm sure. Like the women are somehow completely defenseless without the guys. Like, oh my god, there's no way that women could fucking mount an insurrection without the men there. Like, I know that's not. I don't know there's women fucking marines and navy seals and shit that could kick ass. You know, and maybe that would be their undoing. Maybe even the Hollywood version of this, that's where it would all go wrong. As they fucking the, you know, I'd be fucking. I'd make a badass movie. See that that's that's where they fuck up. Is they uh, there's like a, a magnificent seven or a dirty dozen of broads. They're fucking. <laughs> That somehow work aliens. together. That's the real science fiction. Fucking the aliens are misogynistic. <laughs> they Suddenly all these chicks together, working yeah. together for a common goal and not talking shit about each other on fucking Instagram. All the human men are like, listen, <laughs> you don't want this smoke. <laughs> <laughs> They're trying to warn the aliens like, look, you have any idea about human women? <laughs> That'd be great. <laughs> so that, that's the first thing out of my junk drawer. What do you get? Hmm. So you have two others besides that, is what you're saying? Yeah, they all kind of flow into each other a little bit. I got three. Yeah, let's take a totally different turn. Sure, totally different turn. I'm going to talk about. I've been want to talk about this for a very long time. It just doesn't fit anywhere. Um, Oliver the Humanzi. Mm. Do you know about Oliver the Humanzi, Pato? I'm googling it right now. <laughs> okay, so um, Oliver uh, was a primate of some sorts. Okay, he allegedly came from the Congo, um, from his owners uh, Frank and Janet Berger, I believe. I don't know if they actually went and got him or if they purchased him from somebody. Um, Frank and Janet were already uh, famous animal trainers. Uh, that's not really a good way to say it. I mean, animal trainers in the sense that they kept animals and they were they were part of the entertainment industry with animals okay so they took on oliver and they already like initially noticed some very strange things about him um for one he had a flatter face than normal um for two he had like these weird bald spots like like um like male pattern baldness which was interesting um so he was missing hair in places that uh typically chimpanzees would have hair um he primarily walked upright he walked upright constantly, um, as opposed to the primate uh, knuckle walking that they do. Um, other weird things about Oliver, um, he would actually help take care of the other animals that Frank and Janet had. Uh, he'd feed them frequently. Um, and he didn't really get along with the other, they had other chimpanzees, he didn't get along with them at all. Um, in fact, he preferred being around people um oliver drank coffee every morning would make his own coffee and drink it every morning as well as every night mixed and drank his own cocktails he was fond of cigars (laughs) so frank and janet kind of started perpetuating this idea that oliver was some type of missing link he wasn't just a chimpanzee um he was some type of hybrid so they would kind of start selling oliver off as um like one of his big selling points was that he had 47 chromosomes is, is what they told everybody. So chimpanzees have 48 and humans have 46. Mm. So they would tell everybody that Oliver had 47 again, being the missing link. Um, eventually once Oliver hit the age of 16, he seemed to have developed romantic feelings for Janet. And there's not a lot of details out there about it. It's just kind of hearsay of what Janet said. And they decided to sell him at that point, you know, at about about the age of 16. 
so they sold Oliver off to a man, uh, uh, some guy, and then he went and sold Oliver off to another guy. Um, and so Oliver had a run with this guy, Ralph Helfer. And Ralph owned the Enchanted Village in California where he would showcase Oliver off as the missing link. Um, eventually, Enchanted Village went under. So Ralph tried, uh, you know, another another campaign for the Gentle Jungle and sold Oliver off there to millions of people that could come see him every day. Well, probably more like hundreds, but still. Um, but eventually, you know, he went under again. He had a failing business, um, you know. But during that time, people were coming all over the place to see Oliver. In fact, he got extremely popular because the L.A. Times did a piece about him being the missing link um, and, you know, boasted about that. Um, eventually, it was sold to a gentleman known as Bill Rivers, who he had a pretty good go with Bill. Um, but Bill couldn't really keep him around because Oliver wouldn't get in line with the other animals i mean all these people that we're talking about i mean it's basically the early days of the circus um you know they had all these different types of animals and oliver he wasn't happy in a cage he wasn't happy with other chimps he didn't want to be with them he wanted to be with people so bill then turns around and sells oliver to the um buckshire corporation which is an a lab where they did animal testing and shit and and and, and medical testing and you know all kinds of um experiments on these animals but they didn't really want to do any of that with Oliver because they didn't really know what to do with him because he wouldn't have the same reactions that a normal chimpanzee would. Um, but from there, living at Buckshire Corporation, while he didn't go undergo any experimentation, he was living in a tiny cage for nine years that made his muscles atrophy really bad. Um, and then he developed really bad arthritis. But eventually he was rescued um by a group known as primarily primates um and he did and you know from there they had some legal trouble but eventually it worked out um he lived the rest of his days uh in a nice large open enclosure in peace uh with a female chimpanzee companion um so he had a very troubled life as all stardom does now buckshire corporation did do something um they did test his dna to see exactly what was going on there and it turns out oliver well guess what he was just a chimpanzee <laughs> he was just a chimp. albeit he was mistreated his entire life very badly which is why they ended up kind of having a heart not experimenting on him um but then just locked him in a cage forever i guess because that was you know nice um, but yeah, I mean, he was he was a big deal. He was a big uh, wonder of the world. I mean, you know, science is a little baffled because while you can teach chimpanzees human things, human traits um, by, you know, kind of repeatedly showing them repetition reward, um, Oliver kind of did seem to do these things on his own. But maybe that's because he was just raised around humans and having that advantage of being treated like a baby rather than an animal um you know he kind of was able to grow into his own and who knows the extent of the things that he really could do i mean what is, was he really making his own drinks I, you know we don't know we don't know that could have just been a selling point for people to buy tickets to come see him you know so but in his in his retirement he did like to paint um he liked to you know he would be part for a while because i think he only he died just now in like 2012 and um, for a while, they would like show like him on the internet and like live streams and stuff like that. Um, so he'd interact with the other animals. He didn't live with any of the other other animals. Like I said, he did have a female companion, but that's mostly because at that point in time he was old and blind and had you know he was arthritic real bad and couldn't handle being with the younger chimpanzees and stuff. So 
that's uh, Oliver the Humanity. Pato, any thoughts on Oliver? You know what it reminds me of? Uh, that story about uh, in the 60s where NASA was doing the experiment on the dolphins. You ever hear that? We've kind of talked about that. Sometimes. Yeah, and they, they had like a house that they flooded so that the dolphins could kind of swim into the house. And they were trying to teach the dolphins English. And uh, one of the researchers, this chick named Margaret, had developed a sexual relationship with one of the dolphins named Peter and was giving him hand jobs so that he would learn English better. And um, did it work? It did. And then they kind of they moved her to uh, this was like in the Caribbean islands. I forget if it was like St. Thomas or something or or wherever. But um, they ended up transferring her to Florida and then the dolphin committed suicide. Wow. Real bummer. So and when you mentioned that like they they separated him from his original host for undisclosed reasons, for some reason that just popped in my head. That's where my <laughs> mind goes. We should definitely <laughs> talk about the dolphins uh one of these days. They're uh those dolphins are terrible people. <laughs> yeah. I that was I was like, dude, missed opportunity. Dirty Dolphin bastards. rape caves. Holy shit. It, it's horrible. Oh, yeah. And, and I mean, you watch that episode of King of the Hill, they'll rape people. I don't care. Yeah, um, you know who used to talk about it? You ever watch The Soup with like Joel McHale? No. So it was this show on E that was like every week they would do a recap of like all the talk shows like Maury Povich or like Judge Judy or or whatever. And they would it was like a clip show, right? And um they they had this recurring joke about dolphin rape caves and they were like look it up, it's real. And so then, of course, I went and looked it up. And that's something that actually happens where dolphins will, like, kidnap divers and drag them into these underwater caves and then, like, basically rape them to death. And um, you only find out about it after the fact because they find these caves with, like, dead divers stuffed into them, like, all (laughs) battered and shit. Because, like, for humans, we're like, Oh yeah, so and so went snorkeling and was never seen again, or oh, so and so went diving and never came up, and no one knows what happened to him. But then every once in a while, they'll find these caves, these dolphin caves, and they'll be like fucking five or six dead bodies crammed in there with their pelvis. Dolphin jizz all over. Yes, yeah, fucking dolphins. And what's so crazy is they're that intelligent. Like you can't just write it off as like it's like brutal. It's like brutal, like sadistic, intentional behavior. Yeah, no, no, no. This isn't for like the sake of making a, a a a poor taste joke. Like this is actually a fucking phenomenon that happens. Like dolphins are um, sexually violent, and there's actually like a community of folks who, which is very unethical, and I don't support, but who active who have sex with dolphins, who go out to oceans and have sex with dolphins and there's like whole websites of instructions on how to gain a dolphin's trust in order to have sex with it and wow it's really fucking weird it's really fucking weird i know Um, i I know way too much about it i came across no you want to talk about knowing i came across some really bizarre artwork that suggested that dolphins were the original serpents from the garden of eden and then when God, that's why they were mammals and that's why they can breathe on land and that they were cursed to live in the oceans huh. because God took away their feet and shit. And there was some crazy pictures of like bipedal dolphin hybrids. Weird. Like, like, look that shit up. I'm going to look that shit up. Yeah. yeah. I got yeah. the, I got some of the pictures saved on my phone because I saw them and I was like, like this will come in handy later. But, I am. Um, I'm definitely I like I I won't shy away from from the dolphin sex rape 
situation, I, I, we could talk about it. I think it would be interesting and informative. But I think if we did, we'd have to put it on the Patreon. I'd be down for that. We need that's to, not we need to shove be, more content over there anyway. Absolutely. But. Yeah, that's not going to be a very cup of tea over here. And I understand that part. But if you're interested in Dolphin Sex, go, <laughs> go to patreon.com slash Jim Jam and Chris Holmes. Chris Holmes is another guy that he, uh, he messaged me this week. So he's. I want to give him his own proper shout out at some point. So. Okay, I don't him too much, but conspire, conspire theory. He he uh, got caught up on all our Patreon stuff, and was yeah. and had lots of lots of compliments for us. Oh yeah, well, we're great people. We're awesome. So, yeah. um, so we're we'll also talking about the dolphins. But no, it, it is it, of course there's going to be jokes, but there is a lot of seriousness to it. It is something. Anyway. No, it's really bizarre, <laughs> especially really when yeah. especially when so much has been made about how intelligent and human like they are. Yeah. And but then to see this like incredibly destructive deviant behavior in them, and it's not like a byproduct of animal instinct. It's very intentional. Yeah, it is. Yeah, and that's that's what's more like I don't know. I would never it's go scary. swimming with those. A whole like other reason to stay out of the fucking ocean is because dolphins will rape you to death. <laughs> yeah, man, <laughs> and they will. Um, but but yeah, you know. So obviously, we do have on a lighter note. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> Something that's a little more comparable and not as fucking depressing as poor Oliver who had a shit life and dolphins raping people. Um, a similar story and just kind of as a as a, as an off. Um, check out Coco the gorilla. Man, that's fucking that's a good ass story right there. The gorilla that does the sign language. Yeah, I was I was uh, I was telling my kid about. Uh, did you ever read the book Congo? It was a Michael Crichton book. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, yeah. That's uh, that made me think of that because that has a monkey that speaks sign language. Yeah, well, right. People assume that that's what they'll do. Well, I mean, Coco was doing it. Some people are like, "Well, it was just a facade. She was just kind of copying things." Oh no, Coco it was expressing emotion. Yeah, you know, she expressed emotion for one of the zookeepers who had a miscarriage. Oh my god! Um, she asked for a kitten, and she got a kitten. And didn't kill it, and then it ran away, got hit by a car, and she was depressed about it. I mean, so Coco's, if you, for how, somehow, if this has gone under the radar, there's an entire documentary on Coco the Gorilla. I think you can find it for free on YouTube. It's old now, but it's fucking fantastic. Fucking fantastic. Um, definitely check that out. You know, so so these animals, they're definitely capable of learning learning things from us i mean oliver at the bare minimum he was capable of using tools and utilizing them for things that he wanted to do you know one of his things was smoking cigars and he could do it he could light it and he could smoke it and he enjoyed it you know um but you probably shouldn't teach a chimp to smoke um just saying or drink i mean that's (laughs) you know but anyway oliver didn't really fit anywhere else i wanted to get the chance to talk about him you know people talk about bigfoot being like this missing link and what have you it's not like we haven't played with that concept before um you know with with other subjects and this is definitely one of them but oliver was 100 percent without a doubt a chimpanzee he was just ugly but very smart (laughs) so now it's your turn pato yeah so one of the topics i had um in my notes that i've wanted to talk about for a very long time and um i think i've i've brought it up in passing here and there is uh william cooper and his book behold a pale horse so when i was probably um 94 95 there was a radio dj here in chicago called man cow 
And uh, if you don't know who Mankow is, he's kind of like a Howard Stern, but not as nearly as successful. <laughs> and but he was he was he was local to Chicago, but um, I think he was syndicated in a couple other places. So um, some of our listeners might be familiar with him. But anyway, Mankow had a very um, which was odd for the time, but he had a very big conspiratorial bent to him. Um, he would talk a lot about black helicopters. He would talk a lot about, uh, one, uh, one world currency and, you know, the mark of the beast and being able to buy and sell stuff with a microchip in your hand and how that whole thing would happen about how they would say that they're going to put a microchip, you know, an ATM card, but they're going to put it in your hand. Right. But then eventually people are gonna get their hands cut off. So they're going to put it in your head because you're not going to walk around with a severed head. And that's how we're all going to get microchips in our head and blah, 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 blah. So th- this was this was kind of like early. Um, I mean, I, I think where the the conspiratorial movement was back then in the nineties, um, and it was something that uh, he, behold, the pale horse was brought up on a couple of his um, morning shows. Now he also did stuff with like, like lesbians and chris farley and goofy shit like that he had a guy named turd that would go out into the streets and do stunts at different places every morning or like give away concert tickets or t-shirts right he was very much like a howard stern i don't want you to confuse him with like a coast to coast or like some crank like alex jones type person right oh, God. He, he was not that type of he was a morning he was like hey it's the morning zoo like he was like a very wacky morning radio host right but every once in a while he would get on these weird tangents about conspiracies and the paranormal and um kind of stuff that would you would now associate with like the militia movement right um because that's that's the thing about like when we talk about conspiracy theories when we talk about people that are kind of into this stuff with you know the government working with the aliens and the illuminati and blah, blah 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 for some of us, that's just like it's fun stuff to talk about, right? But people that really take that seriously, that's a big part of I, I I hate to say the militia movement, but like, you know, the the people that are actively preparing to over like to defend themselves against the United States government, this is the kind of stuff that they believe in if you peel it back for far enough. Okay. Most some groups. I don't want I, I don't want to fucking label it, you know speaking absolutes or anything but anyway behold the pale horse was something that i read when i was like 13 14 years old and um it was a crash course in all of this and it's very interesting to kind of for me to look back not only as a personal level but in where the conversation is now about this stuff 30 years later right um so back in the early 90s uh, 1991 was when uh, William Cooper released this book. Now, the thing about William Cooper is that he was naval intelligence. Okay, he was in the, he was an active member of the Navy until 1975. He served two tours in Vietnam. Uh, he was uh, I don't have the fuck where to lose it. I had his credentials. I uh, was a uh, petty officer, second class of the Navy, two tours of duty in Vietnam, two service medals. Uh, end of the war, he was working in naval intelligence. He served on a briefing team with one of the admirals, Admiral Bernard A. Clary. Uh, then he, he leaves the military in 1975 and starts teaching in um, different places. 
and beginning in 1988 starts to get into kind of ham radio and early internet message boards and stuff like that and starts doing his conspiracy theory stuff right 1991 he publishes behold the pale horse and um it's been considered by some it was it was referred to during the trial of terry nichols as the manifesto of the militia movement um and it's been uh what's kind of neat about it is that it does the book is several different chapters and the different chapters cover everything from the roswell crash to the kennedy assassination to uh social engineering to the illuminati um there's some really unfortunate anti-semitic shit in there um and it, it it combines them all together into one kind of unified theory of like unified conspiracy theory right something that 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 brings everything together and um he talks about uh he talks about aids being a population control device you know that was you know meant to eradicate members of african americans and homosexuals and stuff he talks about there being mind control and social engineering to create it uh to uh, encourage homosexuality in the culture to reduce birth rates and stuff like that which now like you, you, you hear you hear you talk about this kind of stuff now and it's all seems very hate-based right um and I'm certainly not defending any of that. And anybody that knows me personally knows that I'm not racist or homophobic. But it was still nonetheless very interesting to read at um at a at a certain place in time. And it's even more interesting, I think, in 30 years retrospect. Um one of the things that he talks about is uh you know he kind of with the ufo thing he goes in two different directions he talks about the idea that um there there could supposedly when he worked in naval intelligence he had a couple ufo sightings himself in vietnam and then uh in, in briefing this admiral that he worked for for a couple years he had lots of documents kind of passed through his desk and some of the stuff that he copied, some of the stuff he was able to copy, right? And this book that he published in 1991 contains a lot of these documents that supposedly he stole from his times in naval intelligence or that he was able to procure, right? And, um, but the one thing that is is really interesting about William Cooper is that he always had a sense of the power of disinformation and the use that dis- disinformation has. Okay. Um, as much as he's got this kind of unified theory about the Illuminati and, and aliens and all this stuff, he does, you know, he'll, he'll take time and say like, there's always a chance that all of this is just a false flag, right? That like the idea that aliens were going to, that are working with members of the government to socially engineer us and there was a biological uh technological exchange where the united states government let 
certain segment of the population be experimented and inducted uh, in exchange for technology, right? We've heard that before at this point, but that, that was a theory that he had kind of put forth and that that might be true or that might be just a disinformation campaign that we want people to think that because it makes us more fearful of the government, right? Um, that if, if the ultimate goal of the Illuminati is a one world order, then the easiest way to do that is if we were all unified against a common threat. And the only way you're going to unify all of us against a common threat is if you find something otherworldly, because otherwise we'll let terrestrial boundaries and nation identities get in the way too much. Right. And that ultimately the goal of this group is to consolidate power and to kind of um, control all of you and well, enslave all of humanity under uh, one umbrella. So I don't know. <laughs> Asher's all of that. And you're not going to mention the fact that in 2001, the man was shot by police. I didn't get to the end of that's right. So that's, that's, that's it. So then, okay. So he does this and this, this is like his thing. And um, he, so he was on the run for tax evasion for a couple of years and prior to nine 11 in July of 20 of 2001, he went on record and there's recordings of it on his, on his show. And he said that uh, he had heard that there was some kind of false flag of event in the works with Osama bin Laden, where there was going to be a, a, a big, you know, terrorist attack and he was going to be blamed for it. Right. And, um, then in November, less than a month, November of 2001, the sheriff's department, uh, attempted to raid his home and he exchanged gunfire with the deputies. He shot one of them, uh, federal authorities returned fire and, and fatally shot him as well. So, um, he was killed and he was killed less than a month after nine 11, which has significance to some people, um, which is interesting because he, he, he did have a warrant out for his arrest f- dating back to 1998, right. but that's three years. So, and he wasn't like in hiding. He, he was just one of these guys. Like, you know, when you talk, you know, like the Ruby Ridge guys, right. Or like the Waco people. Where they live in the compound, they're kind of off in the middle of nowhere doing their own fucking thing. And, yeah, maybe they're breaking some kind of fucking stupid law, but no one really wants to go in there and arrest them. And they pretty much keep to themselves, so they kind of leave them alone. And that was supposedly the reason that he was able to hide in plain sight from the United States Marshal Service for three years until a month after 9-11 where they decided to go in and get him. And he didn't make it out alive. Yeah, it's um, you know, it's interesting. I've never read the book just because I just I don't know, haven't I don't know. It just hasn't been at the top of my list. Um, but I hear people talk about it a lot, and uh, well, it's kind of turned into one of those like dog whistle things, which is a little weird. He, it there wasn't a time, and maybe maybe this is because we just were used to it, but like. You know, um, 
so he, the one the the anti-Semitic stuff that he had in there were the lost protocols of Zion, which is supposedly it's been fake. It's not real, right? But it's one of these documents that kind of got shuffled around where people said that it was like you know it detailed um, uh, Jewish people trying to take control and kill people and eat babies and stuff like that it's not fucking believe that right yeah it's not it's not true it's not true and they and it's no longer included in the publication of this book like the original version i had i remember it being in there and like my best friend's jewish and i was like you see that shit he's like we're not doing any of that (laughs) and i I just got (laughs) and i and like i just bought i i rebought the book because i didn't have it and i was like i should probably reread this one it's not in there which is good because we don't want to spread that kind of stuff you know, but um, that's that's the other thing, too, is like if we knew that that document was fake, but we took it out because it picked a specific group to kind of demonize and could be seen as like perpetrating hate towards. I mean, who's to say that the other stuff in there is 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 true? Like, why is it OK? You know, I mean. I know what you're saying. You're yeah. saying you want to take the, the the Zionist stuff out there because it's going to make people hate Jewish people irrationally, but then it's okay to have all this stuff on there accusing the government and banking cartels and all these other like industries of like conspiring against the common man, which all that does is like foster the fucking militia movement. You know what I mean? And domestic terrorism right. is like a really fucking big problem in this country right now. Like that's yeah. the, that's the other reason I kind of want to talk about this too is because of the shit that happened in North Carolina last week, like two weeks ago or whatever, right? Where they blew up the fucking power station. Yeah. Like that's the, I, I don't, it's so weird that like we can talk about this show and like we can talk about like, you know, it's not a UFO shit. We make jokes about fucking Jeremiah Byram and CIA and shit, but we're not like really like militant about anything, but there's no. some people sometimes, and I don't know how much you come across them. Maybe I do because I'm the guy and I also like guns and I make that like very apparent on the show. Like I get messages from people that are just a little bit, um, uh militia <laughs> you oh, know what yeah. i mean like I that's, yeah. that's a part of our fucking fan base and i'm not shitting on those people at all i'd love let's go slam quarters lights and go shooting sometimes guys i think we'd have a blast but um it's just it, it's it's some i don't know that's what i want to talk about for fucking five minutes i don't know no yeah i mean that's i think that's valid um yeah i you know this is a an influential book i mean it is from my understanding and again this is from from somebody who hasn't read it but just listen to other people talk about it it's very outdated now basically um you know some of the information in there is is very easily disproven and so you know like you said like you were kind of saying there pat you know one thing's not real then kind of it kind of makes the whole thing fall apart um but it is very interesting that he was shot and killed by the police you know during that time of life it's very um what i don't like about this book now is that when i remember reading it as a 14 year old and having my fucking my like my my scalp pulled back and my mind completely fucking blown and this was this was like 
if X-Files were Green Day, this was like listening to The Clash for the first time. Like, this was like the fucking <laughs> real shit. Yeah. <laughs> and like being like, whoa. You know what I mean? Like, it, you know, it, you could go see, you know, uh, Green Day at, at, at Wrigley Field. You know what I mean? Or you could go to some shitty, creepy basement and like, you know what I mean? Posing and see some fucking hardcore punk bands play. And like this was just like fucking very. It was it was different. It was more uh, aggressive and angry and frightful and um, oh and, yeah, definitely an alarmist, alarmist. And and that's but now when I read it because I read it like I, I read it a little bit last night, kind of getting ready for tonight, and um, it just sounds like a fucking Alex Jones rant. You know yes. what I mean? Right. It, they talk about false flag. I mean, and, and that's the, but that's the. Here's the other thing, fucking thing too, is that this book is 30 years old and they talk about, there's a lot of things that they talk about in there that could be, they t- mass shootings and how many of the fucking mass shootings are perpetrated by people on Prozac. You know what I mean? Now he goes, he goes a step further and he says, that's because Prozac interacts with alien implants and allows people to be remote controlled. Right. So like, yeah, but still like, this is something that he's bringing up in 1992. Right. right there could be a pattern sure he, he talks about uh the use of fucking pandemics to fucking control people and to fucking lock down population and all this stuff and you know the the using fema as a way to um as like a blanket thing to declare martial law and suspend people's liberties and shit like this isn't this isn't that there's some crackpot shit in here but a lot of it's not that fucking crackpot you know and it's you kind of look at it and you're like you wonder does a book like this still have a place in the conversation today you know or is it is is it a different movement this i mean it doesn't it doesn't the fact that it is 30 years old talked about fema camps and now 30 years later we're still talking about fema camps it's literally nobody has ever been fucking taken to a fema camp yet is a little t- i mean that's kind of it explains itself you know what i mean but um i think that's what those amazon <laughs> but it doesn't mean that it's completely useless information I, I talk about this a lot when i talk about john keel's uh wednesday phenomena okay john keel coined the wednesday phenomena and said that ufo sightings happen on wednesday and mostly most of the time they happen on a wednesday that is what his data showed and that suggests extremely intelligent life you know an intelligent life that knows about us because they have also perfected our time because time doesn't exist the same way on planet earth as it does on jupiter or whatever you know um you know and so they've also perfected our time and for whatever reason they're making themselves known on a wednesday more um well what we know now so keel took that pool from about 900 ufo sightings okay and he got wednesday was the day that was the day it's when most ufo sightings happen but what we know now is that that's not necessarily true however we can take that information now and go well maybe we should look at that and see if there is a pattern and there is most ufo sightings happen on a saturday and number two well it's wednesday So that is interesting um, because, you know, then you have to account for, well, why, you know, why is it? Because more people are out and about on a Saturday. I, you know, I don't know. Um, but it's it's not completely useless information. It's not correct, 
but we can still use that as tools to further the research and things like that and and, and stuff like this you know that's what it is it's not like it doesn't belong anywhere ever it's just that we can't take it and go well this is word for word and the reason for that is because it's 30 years old and you're talking about science and 30 years in science years is like 500 years so you know take take what you can and leave the rest behind you know um and stuff like that again i'd like to read it i I just i haven't yet i don't even own it um so you know but one of these days i I will get around to reading it i do think it's important to read a lot of people do talk about it They, they quote things from it they talk about it um still so i mean it's very impactful and uh i would like to dig a little bit more into his life you know did he just go crazy and become paranoid and he started shooting at police when they came to arrest him for tax evasion that he was guilty of sure that could have happened or did they take his ass out because he mentioned a false flag operation that was going to happen with Osama bin Laden or whatever it was? Or, you know, how about the fact that he was ex-military? I mean, is this whole thing a psyop? Right. Well, you know, exactly. I mean, he and that's something that he even says is that he doesn't know if he was because I hate to say this, but like it's it's been it's been said by more than one person, but um the whole thing about Linda Moton Howe and the stuff that happened with the cattle mutilations. Some people, is is it like, oh, you found an agent that was willing to share information with you? Or did somebody purposely share false information with you because they knew that you would spread it? Sure. And that's the thing with him is that maybe he was a plant. Maybe he was a mole. Maybe he was willingly or maybe it was unwillingly. Maybe he was shown that stuff for a reason so that he would, you know, I don't know who knows. That's the thing. You start getting the double, triple agents and people fucking, I don't know. It's just, it, well, right. Then, it, it, just then you never, any you, sense and, you realize yeah. it's, you, you, you can never, and no one will ever know. Cause the guy's fucking right. dead. Right. You know? that, right. Yeah. And that's just, I mean, you know, and, and you already know, these ones aren't my favorite, you know, th- this isn't my cup of tea um, type of weird. Um, but if it's your type of weird, uh, Pat O, uh, recommends that you read behold a pale, pale horse or if, or if you're a militia person and you want to come on the show i think we should have one on right oh i don't know about that <laughs> <laughs> no not really just one what if they were cute and they had a beard or whatever you're into why do you think i'm into beards <laughs> i don't know because they don't have a beard they're clean shaven because they're you know they're muscular. I know you don't like the fatties. Not, nah, not in the fatties. Um, send, no. Send a headshot with with your if if you're a militia member. Oh my god! <laughs> and you want to come on the show? It's no, no. And, and hey, listen, there's a judgment free zone. I'm not here to fucking pick your shit apart. As long as you don't say crazy, racist, homophobic anti-semitic shit i will let you fucking but the problem is that they always do Pat. no i don't think that's fair yes, i don't think that's but, fair okay if okay if you can come on the show and you don't spout any homophobic racist or sexist mumbo jumbo then you can come on sexism um, is a little fun it's a little fun sexism is not you can't no it's not you can handle it doll what are you worried about that, that's not you're gonna get fired <laughs> i'm gonna fire you I'll have my Jew lawyer if I can see you. <laughs> oh my God, Pat. We Jewish. want to get sponsors. You can't say, I know, you can't just say Jew. It makes you sound Zionist. You can't say. Anti-Semitic. Oh you got to say ish at the end. Otherwise, that's, why, that's why people don't like us. <laughs> <laughs> 
because you go on your Facebook and talk about how much you don't like people. Well, it's their fault for getting on my Facebook. <laughs> I don't know why you people message me. I don't. They're not I, on there to talk weird. They're on there to talk about their penises. That is weird. Uh, it's not my kind of weird. Weird little hot dogs. Weird little hot dogs. All right. What's, what's, what's in your drawer? What do you got next? My, uh, I'll say this. Yes. If you're going to add me on Facebook, that's my personal space. That's my space. That's my personal. I know it's not my space. It's Facebook, but that's my area. Um, go add me on Instagram or Twitter where I don't talk about the bullshit of my life. Um, <laughs> I, you know what? I, I have to 100% agree with that. I, I mean, I'll, if people add me, I'll add them back. I noticed that the other right. day because I looked at me and used mutual friends and there was a couple of people where I'm like, oh, they must, those must be fans. Um, add me on Twitter. I mean, I, you can talk to me wherever. I don't care. But right. I, I prefer to deal with that stuff on Twitter. Yeah. You know? yeah. I actually, I totally, total, total, total cyber. I've deleted all social media apps from my phone except for Twitter. Smart. And that's because Twitter, it, it's making me more productive, number one. But Twitter, I have to leave on there because Twitter's like a news thing. Like, sure. That's how I find out what's happening in the world. Yeah. I, I still think Twitter has value despite all the shenanigans that are going on right now. Um, as just as just an information dissemination point, I think that it's it's really good for that, you know. Anyway, so uh, we talked about this one already, Pato, um, but but that was behind a paywall. You guys are going to get a little treat here, a little treat. We're going to talk about Mike the Headless Chicken. Oh, this guy, man, I I love this guy. Um, so Lloyd Olson, uh, his mother-in-law was coming into town and his wife said, go out there and get us a chicken. And, you know, they own a farm. So he goes outside and picks a five-month-old Wyandotte chicken, Mike, and goes to cut his head off and, you know, does. Um, and, you know, waits and waits and waits some more because Mike didn't die until 18 months later. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> this Terrible is a story. Terrible it's a crazy story. fucking story. It's crazy. It's great. Um, so apparently, when Lloyd uh, went to go cut off Mike's head, he just did a bad job. I mean, he cut off the head, but he completely missed the jugular vein, missed most of the brain stem, and even left an ear behind. And chickens are fucking weird creatures. So all of their basic functions, breathing, their heart rate, things like that, all come from the brainstem. So Mike was still able to be healthy, um, considering the fact that he was missing his fucking head. Also, chickens have a, a, a this weird organ in their pelvis. It's the I think it's the lumbosacral organ is what they call it this is what controls their balance and walking and it's located again in their pelvic region not in their head um so mike didn't die and mr olson and Miss, mrs olson saw this as a great opportunity to make fucking bank off this chicken and man did they ever um they were making like this was in uh, 1945 so in 2022 money they were making about fifty thousand dollars a month showing this chicken off everywhere because it's a fucking headless chicken and it was alive he would try to crow and it would sound nightmarish because it was just like gurgling noises um he would try to peck but you know to no avail because he had no beak because he had no face because he had no head um he would just do all the normal things that a, that a chicken would do i mean he, mike had no clue that he was supposed to be dead he just lived in bliss um meanwhile the olsons fed him a diet of um most of the time through an eyedropper um they would feed him milk and, and water through the eyedropper 
sometimes they would feed him small grains of corn through his throat hole and worms even through the throat hole um and they would travel all around the country um until one night they were in a hotel touring mike around and as the story goes there's two different stories which is kind of weird the first one is that um mike somehow got a hold who knows how got a hold of a too big piece of corn you know corn kernel and choked to death um the other one being that mike because he was missing his head he couldn't really breathe properly and that he may have just kind of suffocated to death that night um but either way after 18 months his uh he came to an end and now they commemorate mike the chicken with a festival that they have every single year in colorado um and that's basically that's mike the chicken that's mike what do you think about mike back in, I, I, we talked about it on the colorado episode of weird world but yeah it's fucked it's cool it's a cool story i don't think it's cool i think that the thing had a terrible life for 18 months with no head it seemed happy what did he need to, what did he need a head for he could it eat seems very body horror he could peck there's pictures of it. You can, like look at pictures. Oh, of it. I would not. No, I just. I mean, it's in like black and white. It's just a chicken with no head. I don't know, man. Mike the headless chicken. So that I thought that, you were going to talk about one. space pancakes. I am going to talk about space pancakes. I'll save right. it for last. Please do. Please I was going to save it. It's your turn. You got. One. Oh, you're going <laughs> to. All right. Well, this I'm going to stumble my way through this one too. Because this is, I, I don't know. So I, something that I had on the list that I always wanted to talk about, which actually I found out about uh, the first time in Behold the Pale Horse, um, is the Montauk experiments. And that is something that... Wait, uh, wait, 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 wait. I thought we were going to do a whole episode on that. Okay. Do you not want me to do? I, can I, do you want me to tease it a little bit? Or what do you want me to do? Um... <laughs> I guess I, I don't know how much you, I thought you were going to talk about Thomas the winged cat. What the, I, that's not a pet and <laughs> human name. The animal species is not my fucking thing. That's your thing. <laughs> oh you God. have like Gabriel, the fucking moose and you know, Thomas, the cat and space, the pancakes or whatever. Space, <laughs> space the pancakes. <laughs> let me just, uh, let me just tease this with Montauk. Montauk. Um, was a uh, uh 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 so the montauk project narrative got its start in 1992 um actually right after but william cooper was talking about it too um but after a self-published book by preston nichols called the montauk project experiment in time there were already rumors that the american military had been conducting experiments in psychological warfare on the eastern end of Long Island as far back as the mid-1980s. So Nichols's book only added fuel to the fire. Both Camp Hero and the Montauk Air Force Station, which is the, the, two, the two facilities there on Long Island, were said to be hubs of paranormal research. Um, and they think that um, when they did, like, the Philadelphia Experiment, are you familiar with that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that some of the people that were sent to from the past to the future were brought to that base um, and then experimented on and kind of worked with supposedly they had a uh, they would kidnap children um, either from like runaways or um, 
whatever other means they had for procuring young children and they would do experiments on them they're kind of like stranger things uh the working title of the stranger things show was montauk so you know the stuff i don't know how much of a stranger things fan you are but um all the stuff with 11 and those experiments that you see her being subjected to that kind of stuff supposedly happened at that base uh the other thing that they did too is piggybacking after the philadelphia experiment stuff philadelphia experiment was supposed to be them trying to use a cloaking device and it inadvertently teleported or had a time travel component to it as well right and they were trying to replicate that stuff at the montauk base with these young children and they would send them places and supposedly they sent children to the moon and back to biblical times and all over the fucking place and they lost kids they fucking shot them off somewhere and have no idea where they turned up the ones that did show up they had their memory wiped uh thanks to um our good old friends at mk ultra and the guy that wrote the book what's his name uh not not the uh nichols guy but there was another guy that wrote a book and he claims that um, his memory was wiped. Actually, he claims he was on, he was part of the Philadelphia experiment, that he was born in the 1920s, that in the 40s, he was shot into the future where he was for a couple years working at this base. And then they wiped his mind and then set him lo- loose in society. And that he had some kind of like spontaneous recollection later on in life. And when he wrote his book about that, there was people all over the country popping up saying, hey, that's me, too. I forgot about this stuff, too, until I read your book. And now I remember that I was part of the Montauk experiments. Right. Which sounds a little wonky. Like you ever been like at a Chili's and it's someone's birthday, then suddenly it's fucking everyone's birthday. Oh, yeah. It's like that kind of shit. Right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know? that's so like, th- well, that's dog man phenomenon right there. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it is. <laughs> You know, so um, I don't yeah. know. I guess I won't go this much. Is, There's um, a lot more to it, which oh, if, ahead, if, uh, we'll just I'll just shut up about it for now. But yeah, yeah, this is worthy of a whole episode. Um, people have have come to me to talk about it a lot. People that live in that area um, that still talk about because they weird shit washes up on the beaches and stuff over there too, oh, yeah. like yeah, yeah, like yeah, cryptids right. and stuff, and yeah, weird and, uh, and shit. Yeah, the mist was based on that because supposedly they have a portal there. Um, so the, you know, these government bases where they open these portals, this other dimension, that's like, and then like the mist comes through with all the monsters behind it. Like, that's what that, like project arrowhead in the mist that was kind of based on this. And then, um, what William Cooper talks about is that supposedly they opened a portal and a bunch of Bigfoot came through and started fucking shit up. Yeah. And I found that story corroborated in another article. Now, it's two articles. It's one one of them is a book by fucking William Cooper. The other one's some article I read on the internet. These are not like Library of Con- Congress sure. like verified sources. However, they both talk about the same anecdote. So I believe that anecdote bears repeating, which we can do on the full length show. So you want to talk about like a, a really great topic that has it all. It's got mind control. It's got teleportation. It's got time travel. It's got aliens. It's got fucking Bigfoot. It's got all kinds of crazy shit. (laughs) 
and Pato decided to bring it up in our fucking just <laughs> drawer <to> <laughs> short stories episode. Just to tease it. Just want to tease the tip. Just just rubbing. Uh, <laughs> it's okay. No, it is it is on the list as well as the uh Philadelphia experiment will get its own episode as well. Um so those I think be... that should be a two parter. I think we should do part one with sure. Philadelphia and then part two with Montauk. Yeah. I, I, I would love that. that. I think that'd be a lot of fun. Yeah, I could definitely see that happening. Um, that that would make a lot of sense. Um, so yeah, I mean, we, we'll definitely talk about those things more in depth. I do have some um, things that people have shared with me from that area, some encounters and shit like that. Um, of different different things. Um, people seeing USOs in the water and shit like that. So anyway, we will absolutely deep dive into that topic. It is an interesting one. Um, whether or not there's anything to it, I don't know because I haven't personally deep dived into it much. Um, you know, just kind of the basics of like what people tell me, people, you know, people come and share their stories with me and shit about stuff all the time that happens all over the world. And unless I can physically go there and, and really like get boots on the ground, I don't, I don't really, you know, I get to it when I can get to it. (laughs) My priority is shit that's happening right here, (laughs) you know? So, um, that's, you know, typically the case, but, um, yeah, no, that's, that's, that's a good one. That's a good topic. Very, very interesting stuff. Thank you. (laughs) <laughs> thank you for sharing pat oh now let's get to what everybody is here for because i know you guys are here for this mm-hmm. space pancakes space pancakes <laughs> one of my favorite stories this is one of the first stories that i was ever introduced to because it it's kind of local and i'll explain that in a minute um so april 18th 1961 at around 11 a.m farmer joe simonton in uh around eagle river wisconsin was enjoying a late breakfast uh while he was enjoying the late breakfast he heard a rumble outside and goes outside to be to see a giant silver craft and when the door of the craft opens up there is kind of inconsistencies here some tales say that it's three some tales say that it's four um but one thing that is consistent is that joe saw three to four um three feet humanoids mm. that were quote italian looking <laughs> that's, that's what he said oh male or female you know i guess he didn't specify because well, one's alluring and the other's horrifying uh, yeah i'm gonna assume male <laughs> oh jesus so they were all super mario so <laughs> it's me <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so anyway they weren't talking okay they didn't talk but they spoke english but they didn't speak english because there was no talking so they just use their hands the entire time is that how they fucking yeah because they're italian (laughs) (laughs) really they were hand gesturing to him and somehow he got the understanding one of the um the creatures people person one of the guys on the ship presented him with a container and uh joe just kind of knew that he needed to go fill that up with water if they needed water okay so he goes he's like oh sure not problem he goes in the house he fills up the jug with water and he comes back out to find that these beings are making something on some type of strange futuristic flameless grill (laughs) because we don't have those now you know um but but this was 1961 i think i said 1981 this is 1961 so i guess at the time they weren't popular but anyway so they're making these things that looked an awful lot like pancakes and again two different variations of the story one says joe had asked if he could have some the other says that joe was given the pan these pancakes 
um, in exchange for the water. And they gave him three to four pancakes and then they took off in their ship and Joe was like, cool, peace, see you later. Um, the pancakes, they were just disc-shaped bread looking things like pancakes but they had like all these holes in them um you know yeah, air bubbles air bubbles baby had a bunch of holes in them um and joe went in and he ate one he decided that he said his exact words this is true across the board it, it tasted like cardboard so he didn't finish them um he handed off the pancakes to a ufologist who sent a sample of one of them actually to the uh, united states air force well guess where right patterson <laughs> and they tested it and come to find out the pancakes were made from a mixture of flour sugar and grease and those pancakes are well they're not now but for a very very long time were on display at the at the air force museum here in dayton ohio that's right Um, so that's the gist of it. I mean, you know, Joe Joe has said later in life that he regrets coming forward with the story. He was like a 60-year-old farmer who just kept to himself, you know, did his farming thing, um, and says that, you know, he got a lot of backlash for for telling people this, and you know, because they obviously think his story is bullshit. There was nothing spectacular about the pancakes. you know no, no secret ingredients or anything like that um and of course it sounds fucking ridiculous uh but you know he still maintained the story until the day that he died that this absolutely happened and i fucking believe him i believe that this happened 100 i'm sold i am buying some space pancakes um i'm here for it Pato, what do you think about the space pancake story um i guess why are they normal then I don't know why not. What else would they be made out of? You know, I what I don't. You know, I don't know. I think it was. That's what he gets for like being rude about it, though. Just eat the fucking space pancakes. That's what he gets for being rude about. You know what I mean? He tries to fucking send them in to be tested, and they just now he looks like an idiot. Well, fuck. That's what you get, dude. I mean, would you eat them? I mean, how do you drop me into that situation and then expect me to suddenly take the reins? Um, I wouldn't just, fucking, uh, you don't take candy from strangers, you know? I mean... <laughs> yeah, I mean, the aliens were described as Italian-looking. Um, that's so crazy to me. <laughs> well, why? <sighs> a, a, just a couple of years later, we, we have the story of Andrew Cold, and guess what? He was a dark-haired male. He was dark-skinned. You know, when you read the Mothman prophecies and you look at all the shit Keel was saying about what was going on at the time, he described these, like, huge populations of, like, ethnic-looking people that were popping up all over the place that he believed were either alien or part of some type of men in black or, you know, which could just be Keel being racist. Um, yeah. But yeah. that is a theme that we continue to see, you know. Again, is he 100% right? Well, maybe not, but maybe we should kind of look at that a little bit, you know. Why were they three feet tall? <laughs> like midget Italians. They usually are, yeah. <laughs> you guys are little people. Little people. I'm five yeah. six. I do all right. You're not descended from the giants like uh, <laughs> Cyrus. 
Oh yeah, we're just not worthy. Um, no, I I think it's a great story. To me, it's like right up there with the Vegetable Man, with Sandown Clown. I, I love this shit. This it is... makes me want to see the pancakes though. I like that they're on display at Right Pat. There's pictures. There. So when I went, I didn't find them, and like so. But Right Pat will move exhibits out, so it so they're still there. It's just that they might not have them on display currently, or they didn't when I went. And truth be told, I've only gone the one time. So. Yeah. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. and we didn't even see the whole thing, so maybe they were, and we just didn't get to them. But that's what I was there for. I wanted to see those space pancakes, you know. Um, so I think next time I go, I'm just going to ask somebody, take me right to the space pancakes. Yeah, that's a that's a missed marketing opportunity for branding to come up with like space pancakes. You know what I mean? That's space pancakes sh- would be weed pancakes, right? Because like that's what you call like 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 weed. If it's if your cake has weed in it, space cake. That's what we always called it. Oh, I always heard left-handed. Left-handed? Yeah, like if you're going to go smoke a joint, you're going to smoke a left-handed cigarette? Well, yeah, but this is like that, but with edibles. Well, you're going to, those aren't cookies, those are left-handed cookies. Left-handed cookies, gotcha. (laughs) Okay, I see. Yeah, well, that's true. I guess when you're going to go smoke a a joint instead of a cigarette, you don't see them smoking a space cigarette. Yeah, and everybody knows you're getting high. <laughs> if you if you smoke marijuana, you're you're bound to follow the left-handed path. So it's kind of they go hand in hand, left hand in hand, left hand in hand. Yeah. <laughs> I saw a post on Facebook today that said something about I think everybody that's left-handed is just lying for attention. And I agree with that. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking lefties. You know what? I'd say that that's a, that's a pretty uh, that's the conspiracy. That's a pretty extensive. That's a pretty extensive fucking con to try to pull on somebody. <laughs> but I know people that have done worse. So. Right. <laughs> I know, right? Right. So, like, if you could get all these fucking people to lie about being left-handed, imagine what the fucking government's lying about, you know? <laughs> just saying. Um, but, no, yeah, the, the Space Pancake stories, it, it is just a classic. That's it. That's all. There's nothing more to it. The man received pancakes from aliens, allegedly. It fucking doesn't get much cooler than that. It really doesn't. If that doesn't light your 40 and fire, then I don't know what will. You know? Yeah. Just, I love those stories so much. I mean, this is why, honestly, this is, so far, um, this has been one of my favorite episodes that we've ever done. Wow. Okay, cool. Fucking weird little, you know, there's no deep dive. There's no in-depth. It's just that here's some weird shit. This is what it is. You know? And, And that's what it is. Um i like that i'd like to do more of these with these weird one-off kind of stories you know with without the need to completely psychoanalyze it um because you just can't um, you can't fucking psychoanalyze space pancakes mm. that should happen it's <laughs> <That's> real <laughs> i don't give a fuck who you are <laughs> that shit is real nobody makes that up who the hell makes that up well maybe joe simonton but i don't think so yeah, that's not a that's, that's not a, a Wisconsin lie. Right. That's an honest name, Joe. Right. Honest Joe. God, this just turned political. Um but, but no, really. Um yeah. I I love that story. I think it's a good one. Um you know, Pato, do you have anything else to say about the space pancakes? I do not. I wish I have- had some right now, actually. <laughs> do you have anything well, you can make them flour, sugar, and grease. Yeah, I actually, I, I'm big on making pancakes because I had uh, um, made them once for one of my guys' weekends, and uh, I had no idea how to make pancakes. And then I 
somebody showed me and then i made like a bunch of pancakes that morning for everybody and then i came home and bought a flat grill i made a bunch of pancakes for my kids and stuff and uh yeah that's good pancakes are awesome we should um that's what we should do in our booths we should make a bunch of pancakes pre-packaged and sell them as space pancakes yeah oh that's a good idea yeah we're gonna do that i think we're gonna do i think next time you guys see us we're gonna have pancakes space pancakes on the fucking on the table i I think think people will buy them yeah if you pour syrup all over them you could if you wanted to but you got to go buy that shit at somebody else's booth (laughs) (laughs) i fucking made 400 pancakes you know you're not gonna sell asher's syrup (laughs) fucking squoze from asher's herself i might do that yeah milked right from me (laughs) that's gross (laughs) oh my god i made myself sick on that one (laughs) asher's butter that's just better. Go yeah. tell a country crack and fucking slab, slab a pitcher on there. No, country crack is fake butter. Well, so <laughs> so with this, I mean, no one's trying to fucking. It's, it's got to be real butter. From, it's got to be quality. From, made from real ashers. Made from real ashers. Yeah. Well, we'll just go visit that Chuck E. Cheese of mine in Delaware and start a farm. Factory farming with all your clones. <laughs> yeah. God, the whales, <laughs> the battery cages, the forced breeding fucking pens. The yeah, we're gonna make Asher's veal. Well, Asher's are born in little boxes, never able to move more than a couple <laughs> inches back and forth. Every little bit, somebody finds a red hair in their food. <laughs> Pay extra for that. Oh man! Well, anyway, <laughs> that got weird. I hope it got weird. That's the point of the show. It's supposed right? to be weird, and uh, I hope you guys feel weird now. And uh, on that note, <laughs> we'll see you guys back here next Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs>